I tell students to really pay attention to the to, to three C's, competence, competence, competition. And basically the competence part is, you know, you're in college right now, you're, you know, second, almost a third year student, you know, put yourself in a position to, to gain all the knowledge and wisdom that you possibly can. Um, with courses that you don't like, courses that you do like, and courses that you never thought you'd ever take. You know, I took a yoga class and I thought, what is this? I remember taking yoga class when I was in, in, as an undergrad. I thought, how is this going to help me? But what I ended up doing indirectly. You are now listening to Stability Podcast, brought to you by Hasnashra. This week's episode is sponsored by Relief. Please check our Instagram at Stability Podcast to enter our giveaway with Relief. My name is Reginald Ryder. I am a uh, academic readiness and uh, career coach for uh, high school and college students. Uh, I have a business that's called Thriving Life Coaching, and our, our motto is Every Student Needs a Little TLC. It is a uh, coaching business basically designed to get help students with the transition from high school to college so that they successfully complete either high school in preparation for college or uh, in the context of college, uh, actually perform at their max so that they're able to then kind of do uh, and emerge with a you know, career or a plan of how to get from point A to point B. Uh, so basically everything from helping students with their study skills, uh, how they manage their time, uh, I coach students right now in um, about four states and uh, two countries, U.S. and wow. Mexico. And um, in my, uh, I guess, other life I, I have as well, I'm a uh, adjunct faculty uh, member at a community college. I teach a college student success class uh, for freshmen and sophomores. And I uh, currently work in, with an online program, uh, online ed tech company, I should say, um, with in conjunction and in partnership with the uh, University of Southern California's uh, School of Education. Uh, there are some doctoral students that are in that and I support them as they go through their, their journey. Um, I'm a career higher ed professional. I have a uh, James, uh, James Madison University is where I went and did my graduate work and Ball State Uni University in Indiana is where I did my uh, undergraduate work. Wow. Wow, that's uh, very interesting because as I'm thinking about it, right, life coaching, it's its a career out there. I've noticed a lot of people are in it and it's crazy how much money you can make in life coaching too. And not just that, a lot of people, you get to be truly yourself, you know what I mean? You're trying to teach yep. someone how to go through their life as if, you know, and you're trying to be your completely honest, oblivion and being honest, true to yourself and what you're doing and what you're teaching. Right? Right. You're, not, you're not trying to scam someone into it. Like if you were a life coach and you, you were trying to scam someone, the other person would realize right away. It's like, you don't True. know what you're doing. Like you have no idea. You have no value to me. And if you don't bring value to the other person, there's no way they'll hire you as a life coach. Right. And exactly. I find, I find it so interesting that you said you do college students too. Cause I know when I first entered college out of high school, like I was a pretty decent student in high school. You know, I, I got, I got by without studying much, whatever, like, yeah. right. But when I got to college, yeah, it's, it's a whole different story. It's totally different animal. You're, you're given so much more of your own time. There's just so much more of your given time. That's free for you that you can do whatever you want it. You tend to not do your studying. You tend to like leave things off till the end. And even now, like even on my second year, I'm still trying to learn how to study properly. And I'm having, yes. so, especially with the online aspect of it, I felt like I had a grasp of it at the end of first year, but it's like, oh, boom, you're online now. It's like, 
it's a totally right different there. animal. Like it's, my bed's right there. Like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do? Right. It's like, so how do you, how do you like tell students when that, that's the biggest issue is uh, motivation? When motivation is their biggest issue? What I tell students and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a part of what I do is I try and find out what, what motivates them, mm-hmm. how to keep them motivated, um, but do it based on what their strengths are. You know, no one ever does anything. No one ever accomplishes, ever accomplishes anything based on their weaknesses. So I feel like even asking that question as I think sometimes necessary as it is, is a little invasive, you know, in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I do, and I will dwell on how well they are able to, uh, you know, talk about their strengths and then, you know, put them to use because it's not enough to be, you know, organized. That's great. You know, if you're a you know, greatly organized person, how does that then translate into the context of what you're doing for, you know, for school? You know, um, you know, are your papers organized? Is your, you know, your workspace, you know, available and, and clean and, you know, able to kind of find everything? You know, do you have your, you know, a to-do list of priorities for that particular day? Have you, um, you know, gotten some recreation in, in the context of your day? You know, not because clearly we don't study 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, we, we just don't. And you don't have to, but you do have to find that kind of finite time to, to as I think of it, as kind of pace yourself over the span of a week but chunk your time in the way of how you use it so that you're really able to master, <clears throat> you know, the process of, of getting what, what needs to get done. Uh, I think people make a mistake too, of not understanding or understanding the distinction between homework and studying because they're two different things. Mm-hmm. You know, homework is kind of the, the building block to get to the point to where you can study and study is really being able to uh, apply what you've learned in the way or the manner that, someone has asked you to do so. Maybe it's in a paper, maybe it's in a presentation, maybe it's in a test that you got to take and the test is a multiple choice test. So now you got to know, you know, different things about different uh, portions of the information, you know, how well do you understand the concepts? How well do you understand the theories? You know, how are you able to apply it and then, you know, utilize it? Because yeah, in high school, you know, you pretty much are in a situation where you can and do, you know, just need to memorize for the sake of knowing the information. It's the process, right? In high school, it's the process. Like I know, I know when I was doing my maths in high school, like, and people found them the most hardest. Like everyone's like high school math. Oh my God. Like I, I barely passed that. Like, I don't know. It was so hard for me. High school math was just knowing the process. I could do my homework and that was my studying. I could do five questions and be like, oh, okay, I've studied, right? It's five practice questions in math was just knowing the process. And I think math, even in university is kind of the same thing. It's just practice questions, practice questions. But when it comes to the conceptual part of it, you know, when you get to calculus, now there's the conceptual part of it. That's when studying is different, d- differentiates from homework and studying. Yeah. It's when there's conceptual parts of it. And I think that's the biggest thing that we get stuck in that we don't realize is different between college and high school. High yep. school <laughs> is a process. It's already structured for you. The government has structured a program for you to succeed, graduate, and get out into the real world. Now, right. university doesn't have a structured program for you to get that education because you can go to university and waste five years of your life and never get a single program towards your degree if you don't ask for help. If you don't ask a, a counselor if you're taking the right question. Four years later and you're not graduating, you're like, why can't I graduate? It's because of the fact you didn't take 
half the courses that you're supposed to take, you went willy nilly and did it because it's not laid out for you. No, this not, is what you have to prescribe. And I think that's another thing I think I learned in my second year was the fact that it's more conceptual based. I think I learned that right away, actually, when I got into university. It's like, oh, okay, like I'm learning the same stuff that I've learned in high school. In the first year of university, like if you're going doing first year, it's most of the same stuff you learned in grade 12, just repeated. But it's a little more advanced with more thinking based. It's like right. now you've got a physics problem. It's like, okay, the cylinder is moving this way. You know, force is coming this way. Now take into the air into consideration and now think about a different principle that could be applied on here and think about a principle that you learned later on that could also be applied in the situation. Now it's not just, oh, let's neglect all this information. Just focus on the math base of it. It's take everything into it and now find the math of it. So you're right, man. It's conceptual of it. I wish I had knew, uh, known a little bit more about how much more conceptual base, how much homework isn't just studying. I, I learned that the hard way. Yeah, no, we, trust me, I, I, I did as well. Uh, I'm, I was a first-generation student. My parents didn't go to college. My dad was in the Air Force and that kind of thing. So he got kind of educated in that sphere, but not anything formal. <clears throat> But I was a first-generation student, and so I hadn't been to college and didn't know what it was like and had to kind of figure it out. And, you know, I was able to, fortunately, which is, you know, a great thing. But then, you know, thereafter, I became a practitioner in higher ed. So I work, I've worked previously, Hassan, at uh, colleges and universities across the country. Um, and, you know, basically kind of, what's the word, um, replicated the same processes that I use as a student. I was able to share those with um with other students and about a year and a half ago, um, got the bright idea to write a book. So I wrote this book and it's called uh, Passing the Baton, A Guide to Memoir of College Student Success. Right. Uh, and it, uh, it's been out since June, uh, 2020. So almost a year. Wow, congratulations. Um, on, thank you. It's on uh, Amazon right now. And I can tell you within the first uh, two weeks as a new release, it was a uh, top seller in uh top seller in, in two categories uh, adult yeah. and continuing education and also study skills congratulations so it's, it's it's been a pretty amazing yeah. experience so th that's really kind of what has led to you know being me being on you know podcasts and otherwise yeah. is you know writing the book and the, the business and promoting the it of course it. yeah no, that's awesome. So let's let's take a deep dive into what the book is completely about. Like if you want okay. to explain more about the book and why you thought it was important to write it and why people should read it. Okay. Well, <clears throat> so I've always had this kind of um, thought in my head that I wanted to, uh, at some point in my life, you know, write a book to kind of talk about the process of going to, to college. I think talking about it's one thing. But I think having something that's kind of one or two dimensional to then work with, you know, makes more sense. Because you may, <clears throat> you know, much like we're doing now, you may forget the conversation, but the book kind of is, you know, kind of everlasting in that regard. Um, so I really actually just started the coaching business first. And then I had a little hiatus in between and someone said, well, what are you going to do with your time? And I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll write a book. And I said, well, what are you going to write about? So maybe I'll write about the transition that students go through from high school to college so that they understand it. What I didn't want to happen and part of what reason why I went into higher education was that I figured for the mistakes that I made, um, if people catch them quick enough and soon enough, they become milestones, you know, in their own mind. Um, for the trials that they may have in the way of um, all the tests and testing that kind of happens within the, within the context of college, 
that they find triumphs on the other side. And so basically this book gives you at least a set of strategies and a set of tips that I have um, used or that I've developed that in fact will help with uh, adjusting to the transition going from high school to college. Right. So it's, is it an experience-based or is it informational-based? That's actually a good question. It's actually both. So I, I wrote the book from the standpoint of both well, like three different standpoints. I wrote it from being a, a student and having achieved a, uh, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. <clears throat> I wrote from a practitioner as a person who is in higher ed, who uh, basically taught students how to do these very things. And I'm also an uh, adjunct uh, professor. So teaching it from the standpoint of a, um, you know, as a teaching tool or as an accessory to a teaching tool in that context as well. So those three pretty much are it. And then I also kind of uh, meshed in there as well, some students experiences in the context of um, some of the, some of the uh, chapters that I wrote as well. Right. So how do you, I've always had this idea of writing a book, right? I've always wanted to write a book. Like, I feel like everyone has some kind of experience that they can share. And in my previous podcast episodes, I did an episode earlier with a, a man from Texas and, well, sorry, Dallas, and a few other guys who had their own books and the episodes. And they always talked about that, you know, you no one doesn't have an, like, everyone has an experience that they can share. Everyone has some kind of value that they can bring to someone else that will resonate with them. There's no way that your story will not resonate with someone else's or will be in a similar situation. Like there will always be a point where your story will help someone do something right or not do something wrong. You know what I mean? And like help in a situation. So what, how do you just sit down and start writing? Like, is that how, what was your process of writing the book? Like, so you're, you're definitely right. I mean, everybody does have a story kind of in them in one respect or another, whether they realize it or not. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's a matter of what you need to do to kind of bring that story out. So, um, I've, it's, it's interesting because Hassan, I've actually been sitting on this idea or have been sitting on this idea that I have for the coaching business and the book for probably five or 10 years. It, wow. It's been probably that, that, that long. Um, but I didn't have the, I didn't think I had the, I didn't do it because I didn't think I had the business acumen to do it, you know, and, and running a business and that kind of thing. And I find that now having done it, that it's not that hard and not that, not that difficult. Right. But the, the process for me basically was, okay, I've got this idea in my head. I, I got to get it out. So what do I do? So I basically, I was, went to my company, my company meeting probably two years ago and on the plane ride home as a, as a matter of fact, I took a red eye coming back. I simply, I just wrote out an outline, you know, what I thought, what yeah. I thought the chapters I thought I wanted to have within it would be. Um, <clears throat> I then went back and once I got the kind of the, the, the skeleton, went in and just started, started writing. And one of my uh, friends, uh, dear friend of mine, uh, actually put in, uh, I told her I was getting ready to write the book. And she said, well, listen, if you need someone to, to read it, then I'll, you know, I'm happy to read a chapter yeah. for you and give you my, you know, comments or whatever the case feedback. may be. Not, yeah, it wasn't really as an editor, but really just feedback, much like you said. Um, and it just kind of took off. I went on vacation for probably about a, uh, for a week and I just kind of dove in. I just started writing and just kind of putting down in paper or on paper what I felt like um, I wanted to 
say and what I wanted, wanted to make sure that I expressed and the, and the and made sure that the messages that I were offering were things that I could reinforce either through my own anecdotes, through students' anecdotes, or whatever kind or level of research that I needed to do. Um, so I really, that was what I did. I just kind of went from, from that standpoint. Once I did that, <clears throat> I had more people kind of look at it and they said, well, there's, you know, there's something here, but there's, it, there's something missing. It's like, well, what, where's your story in this? And so that's where I went back and kind of um, meshed in my story as, as part of it. Um, Hassan, believe it or not, it actually only took me about six to seven months to write the book. Wow. That's and took you 10 years to think about it. And then you're only ten years to think six about it, but six years. So I, so in one respect, I've, I've been sitting on this for a while. So I would say yeah. to you and to your, your audience that, you know, if you have an idea that you've been uh, pondering and thinking about, don't, don't sit on it, you know, do something with it. Um, Man. But once I did it, you know, it's really taken off. So it's, it's given me a chance to, you know, kind of spread, you know, this message, yeah. you know, far and wide. Um, it's international now. It's got some, some people brought it across the pond as well as in uh, Mexico and uh, Canada and other places oh, as well. Of course. Uh, so that's been great. Um, but it's also, you know, led to, uh, you know, opportunities to, to talk about it, you know, through podcasts, to um, work with uh, organizations and service in that regard as well um, as a way to help students prep themselves for it. So I think you never to, regardless of how, good, bad, or indifferent you've done, I think there's always something you can learn to do mm -hmm. more and do better and do different. And, uh, you know, this was my chance and opportunity. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm taking advantage of it. No, congratulations on the book. That's awesome. I'll have to find a way to get one and, you know, have a read of it. But Thank you. I, I know exactly what you mean when it comes to, you know, having an idea and pondering about it and thinking about it. Like when it comes to like, especially my podcast, when I started it, like, I think I, for years, you know, I've just loved talking to people and understanding their story and like listening to like, Oh, what they do for a living. Like all these questions I've always had, you know, these little yeah. conversations, I love small talk, like small talk can go a long way. You can learn so sure. much from it. Right. And there's so many, like I'm 20 and I'm hoping, you know, by the time I'm 25, I've learned a lot of things where I won't make mistakes. Like maybe someone's made a similar situation that I've been in and I can learn from it and not make that same mistake. Maybe I'm thinking like, I'm thinking of writing a book now that you've mentioned, right. don't ponder on it. I've already have a, I already have a sketch ready. I want to make a children's book, right? I want to make a children's there book. Growing up, I had a, you know, I faced a lot of different kinds of challenges growing up in a country mostly filled with white people and coming, well, I came here when I was six, you know, yeah. it came to a small town of 800 people and it was, oh, a small, wow. it was exactly. And it was a very, it wasn't a challenge. Like it was challenging in terms of like, you know, trying to fit in, but also trying to be staying in my culture. Like, you know, people, <laughs> I think people understand that in a giving an idea of not giving up the idea of not giving up and continuously persisting like that for me, like my biggest, I know it's tough to say because of my biggest ideology that I've always like imagined, you know how you always have something that you're always aiming for, but on the yeah. end, you get there, you'll always have like these words in your head that you repeat over and over and over just to motivate yourself. My biggest is don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah. Just keep going. Don't give up. Right. It's the thing that keeps me getting up every morning. It's like, don't give up. You have hope. There's, you know, per, um, persevere, prove them wrong. Right. And it's, it's crazy because that's the kind of message that I want to provide, you know, that's the message I want to let uh, kids know, especially because I know, I know when I was in high school, like, you know, it was always like, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. 
And I want to show that, you know, over years, even in university now, you fail an exam, don't give up, keep going, don't give up. You're close, you're close, you're kneeling it away. Every time I do a podcast, it doesn't do well. It's just like, don't give up, keep going, keep going, don't, you know, and then, or, you know, everything in life, I feel like you're never going to be amazing at the first time you do it. And I think a lot of kids, I feel so bad for them, not just kids, like, especially at a, yeah, especially young kids these days with social media being such a big outlet for us that you just see people become famous overnight even though they've probably put years of work behind it sometimes and they get famous, but some people do get lucky and go viral and become a sensation overnight or small businesses start up and they're making millions overnight where there's businesses that have existed for years or are barely making a living. Right. And I think the biggest key word in all this situation, even during COVID don't give up. Like, it's like, don't give up hope. Don't give up, you know, don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on anything. And it's the one message that I've always heard my whole life. And it's the one thing I want to make a book about and show, you know, there is not giving up is literally the key to life. Like, and that's, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. I kind of want, like, I've been working through it. I have a skeleton. I just, you know, I've been pondering about it for the past two go. months. Just keep, keep working. I mean, I, I mean, I think that it's funny you say the, the, the you know, there's a, word or a you know phrase that's kind of you know Mm -hmm. in your in your mind and part of the reason why i wrote this book as well was um and i say it to i say it all the time but i definitely say it to students that i work with is that i want you to be in this i want you because you're now in the situation that you're in i want you to be in the position as a college student or 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 even as a high school student to be able to thrive which is part of the reason why i named the business thriving life coaching because i want you to be able to thrive not survive there's a different mantra that this goes with thriving versus a mantra of survival. Survival is, you know, is rugged, is uh, making something, making something out of nothing. Um, and it being enough to be able to work with, but not exactly what it is that you're looking for, you know? Um, and so in my mind, putting yourself in a position where you thrive, you just, there's a different, it, it, it there's a different level of, um, engagement that you have, I think that that really makes the difference. And so, you know, as I talk to students as well, you know, I'll give you some tidbits or some things as a uh, kernels of wisdom that I talk about in the way of coaching, but also that are kind of within the context of the book as well is that I tell students to really pay attention to the to, to three C's, competence, competence, competition. And basically, the confidence part is, you know, you're in college right now, you're, you know, second, almost a third year student, you know, put yourself in a position to, to gain all the knowledge and wisdom that you possibly can. Um, with courses that you don't like, courses that you do like, and courses that you never thought you'd ever take. You know, I took a yoga class and I thought, what is this? I remember taking a yoga class when I was in, in, in as an undergrad. I thought, how is this going to help me? But what I ended up doing indirectly was, and directly in some respects, was helping my flexibility as an athlete but i didn't think twice about it at the time i just thought well i'll just take it just because i need something to take so sometimes being very deliberate with that but even sometimes seeing the the wisdom that kind of comes from that so that's you know kind of the competency piece you there's no way in the world to be competent in something unless, unless you know it so the competence really then as a um as a result leads to your confidence you know how you feel when you go into a test I and mean, you just took an exam. You know how you feel when you go into a test and you've studied and you're prepared in all the ways that you need to be. You also know what it feels like when you're not. You know, we all know 
<laughs> I know I know what that feeling feels like. You know, yeah. Maybe not as often as I need it well. to. You know, look, but we do. So, so what do you do? You put yourself in the position the next time you get that test to then be in a position to be able to say to, to yourself minimally, but ultimately to your, to your professor that you're, um, that you're, whose class you're in at that particular time is that <clears throat> I'm going to get the most I can out of this experience, whether I, whether I, I like it or not, because whether you like it or not, whether they like you or not, whether you like them or not, the information on the test is still the same. Mm -hmm. You're required to learn it. You're accountable for learning it. You're responsible for learning it. So you might as well get the most you can out of it. Right. Um, and then basically, if you take care of the first two C's, you know, competence and confidence, then ultimately, you know, you're going to be able to compete and not just compete within, sometimes you just compete within yourself. Right. And just knowing that you did your best work and doing your best work doesn't mean that it's perfect. Doing your best work means it was the best that you could do in that particular situation under the conditions that you, that you work through. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have um, priorities and sacrifices that you have to make along the way, because sometimes those things happen too. But ultimately, what it means is, or should mean, is that you're able now to stand you know, toe-to-toe, side-by-side, eye-to-eye with whatever it is that you're, you're working with or working through to be able to get to the next level, whatever that is. Maybe right. it's going from your freshman year to your sophomore year. Maybe it's from your senior year in high school to college. Maybe it's your senior year in college to grad school or a career or whatever right. the case may be. But being able to compete in all those ways. And so, um, you know, for my money and what it's worth, as long as you see yourself as, as a student, I'll say it this way, as long as you see yourself as a, as just a student, I think you're you're minimizing your your impact. If you see yourself as a client at your university where you are, because basically you're paying the money, right? Yeah. You pay the money, and it's so much per so so many thousands per you know for 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 a semester or for a year, whatever the case may be. But break that down by a week. You know what does it end up being? I don't know. But I think I, I think I did it as a, a $25,000 education per year works out to be like probably $200 or 280, I think dollars a week that you're a spending money. That's a that lot you're not, well, sorry, that you're spending that, sorry, yeah. that you spent, but you may not be using all of it. You know, if you don't go to class you're wasting money, if you don't go get help from all the free services that are available at your college or campus, you know, with resumes, with tutors, with writing resource centers, with science labs, with going to your professor and, and being in their face about what you do or don't understand, you're wasting your money. You know, you're not getting, you're not getting the most you can out of the experience. Right. And regardless of how much you, um, you, you paid, you want to have more to show for it than just the receipt. You want to have some wisdom. You want to have some knowledge. You want to have some things that you can apply and put in a different other, different in other places in order to then really, you know, be able to maximize, you know, who you are. And so <clears throat> these things that as, as we're talking about, them, these are the kinds of things that I try and instill in the students that I, that I work with um, that are in, in college in high school and otherwise, because in high school, basically this is kind of a template, you know, we talk about the process, right. but it's the preparation to get there. But once you're in college, it's now, you know, you need to take off from, from square one, the first semester, you know, 
the first no everything for sure yeah everything be, is so fast i i was looking back at it i was like wow i'm almost on second year that's crazy like i just feel like i started first year like yesterday yeah like, I remember, it is a blur and you know the one thing i find funny is when i was younger i'd always be like to my parents I'm like oh, i want to grow older i want to grow older i want to like i want to yeah. be 18 i'll be 18 i'll be 20 I'll be... and i feel like as i'm you getting older, yeah as i'm getting older i wish i was younger like i'm 20 and i feel so old i'm like i wish i was 18 again i wish i was 16 again what i know now i wish i knew when i was 16 like i now i kind of regret not asking more questions like i yeah. used to ask a lot of questions a lot of people from a lot of different sources but yep. i don't think i was asking the right questions i wasn't asking what i should be doing like I wish I had started a business when I was 16. I would have had so much time to learn. I wish right. I, you know, e-commerce was brand new when I was 16. It was a, a really blowing up. I should have taken more advantage of it. I, I batted an eye to drop shipping as if it was nothing. Like there was just so many different things I batted an eye to. And was like, oh, this is not going anywhere, you know? And, you know, and I think my parents being old school and people around me being a lot more old school didn't give me that knowledge that I was seeking. And I wish I had used the internet for what it was worth and try to seek that knowledge that existed out there that does exist out there now. And I'm learning that more and more as you know, and you're going to college, your mind is expanding, you're meeting new people, you're meeting, a, and you're meeting these extraordinary students with you, if you want to call them clients, your fellow clients, or your fellow students are just some extraordinary human beings, and you're just like, and wow, those are, just those are business partners, to, those are business partners in the making, you just don't know it. You know? Exactly. And they're just amazing people you're meeting and you're like, go open up to a brand new world. It's like, why didn't, why didn't meet these people before? Like they would have like helped me excel, uh, like accelerate through my education so much faster when I was younger. It, my mind would have been a lot more bigger. Like I've learned a lot of things. Like all, the three C's make so much sense to me, you know, competence, confidence, and uh, competition, because it's just the, how the world works. Right. Yep. And the competence, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be sane to be able to do anything in this <laughs> world. Right. You have to be able to, in terms of like, if you want someone to actually take you seriously, you need some sort of like competence. You need confidence to be able to stand out. You need confidence to be able to make your point, make a stand without confidence. Yep. People walk over you all the time and exactly. competition you know, there's a, everyone's competing for something in this world. doesn't matter what yeah, it's, a, it's either... a global. That's the other thing too, is that, you know, when I was in, see, here's the difference is that when I was 20, it wasn't a global world. It was still, you know, pretty much confined within the United States and, or Canada and respectfully, uh, or other countries with the, you know, kind of advent of the internet, um, you know, it became global. Because you were and competing now, against, you were competing against just your fellow students. You were competing against people around you, people who you can see. And you're like, oh, okay, you know what? Yeah. I can, I can measure where I stand. Now, right. all of us in this day and age are competing against the world. We're competing right. against people coming in from all over the world, trying to get the same jobs that we're trying to get. We're trying to get jobs all over the world too, but there's other competition. People are extraordinary. People are doing this. People are doing that. Now, instead of just studying, you got to be doing five other things for you to stand out compared to someone else. Like, oh, I have a nonprofit. Oh, I volunteer here all the time. Oh, by the way, I have a PhD so I can apply for this job. It seems like that without having a master's degree, you can't, you can't really get a really decent job these days. And it just looks very bleak. But sorry, you're muted. Sorry. Hello. I was I was just going to say it was uh, it is a, a very different world. I mean, a, a bachelor's degree when I was, when I got my bachelor's degree, it was, no, it was important. I got to sneeze, hold on a second. No worries. Don't, 
it's gone away. When I got a bachelor's degree, I thought, man, I'm on top of the world. And then as I got out and started to compete for other, you know, um, jobs and other careers and other positions and things of that sort, I began to see masters, um, masters expected or masters required. Wow. Probably within like four years, three to four years, they went from, from, from that. I was doing the work of someone who had a master's degree with a bachelor's degree, but when it came time to transfer to another job or position, it required a master's. Even though you had the experience. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. So, thank you. So, I had no choice at that point, but then to go back to school and get a master's. Now, bachelor's degree is like a high school degree. A master's degree is like a bachelor's degree and a, a PhD. You know, an e- PhD or EDD or yeah. some kind of licensure after is, you know, pretty much the way this is going to work out. Yeah. No, I, it's crazy. I don't understand like the world is just revolving so fast and we're moving in such a fast pace. Um, I, but like, what, what would be the last kind of advice that you would give, you know, a high school student or a college student if or when they're trying to transition into the next step of their life? Here's what I would say. Um, so I'll give it to you in the way of a kind of a, an analogy. If I were to say to you right now, you know, Hassan or any high school student, college student otherwise, say, <clears throat> go, you know, go to this, uh, go to this place and pick up this 900 pound weight. You'd probably look at me like I was crazy and say, you know, I, you know, I weigh, you know, buck 50, 175, maybe 200. There's no way in the world I can lift 900 pounds. Right. But if I said that same sentence, but I told you to figure out a way to be able to do it, you would. You'd lift 90 pounds 10 times. You'd lift, you know, I don't know, uh, 10 pounds you know, 90 times. You, you, you do whatever it took yeah. to, to figure it out. You want to put yourself in a position where you're doing these steps and things that I talk about in the book, but just the coaching in general, <clears throat> in ways that you can practice, that you can see it, that you can see how it applied and how it worked, and then, you know, make whatever adjustments you need to from there. So, because I'm really about, and something I say to my students all the time is that, you know, don't make excuses, make adjustments, period, yeah. you know, um, and figure out and figure it and, and do what you need to, to be able to figure it out. So I would say basically kind of the chunking aspect of how I described that, that illustration to you is really the way to go about it. But don't put yourself in a position where you're, going back and lifting that same 900 pounds over and over and over again. Right. Put yourself in a position where now you've lifted the 900, now you're gonna go on and lift another, you know, two or 300 pounds in another, another way in another fashion. Apply yourself in all the ways that you need to, um, but really get a routine down. No different than, you know, if you, I'm not sure if you play sports or play sports in your, in your life or run, you know, if someone tells you to go run a mile and you never run a mile before, you wouldn't start at a, you know, you wouldn't run the first hundred mile, hundred yards like you ran the, the full mile. Like a sprint, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't sprint. You wouldn't do that. 
but what you do is that you would basically gain the ability to uh, what's the word to, to gain some endurance in the con in the context of your own ability so maybe you run 100 yards really fast and it's like no i can't do that maybe you pace yourself so now you run a half mile and then the next week you add on another piece and another piece till you get to a mile then when you get to the point where you can run the mile and you've got endurance you say okay how fast or how well can I now run a mile? Well, I can run it in eight minutes. Okay, well, I, that's too slow. I can, I know I can do, I know I can do better than that. What's my incentive? You know, maybe it's just personal incentive. Maybe you're racing somebody. I don't know. Maybe you're, you know, whatever it's the, the case may be. It's the daily work. It's the daily work that you put in every day. It's the little bit of work that you put in every day that will go a long way is what you're trying to say, right? It's that daily routine that you <laughs> you should have. You know, when you get to college, you know, like we were saying, you have a whole lot of time on your hand. You know, you go to class for maybe three hours a day, and then you've got the rest of the technically six technically five hours that you would have in a normal school day, you have all of yourself now. It's like now those five hours can now continuously do something that will help benefit you in the long run. That will help you when you graduate college, you're trying to say is that if you continuously every single day, if you put in 30 minutes applying for jobs, you know, every single day, at some point you will get the job that you want, or at some point you will get that interview you're looking for. Put in 30 minutes every day for working out. You know, if you're trying to lose weight during college, you know, if you don't feel like you're not being healthy, put 30 minutes towards your, you know, physical health every day, 30 minutes towards your mental health, 30 minutes. And these things in the long run will be so beneficial to you that when you're done college, you know, the 10,000 hour rule, right? To master something, it takes 10,000 hours. You'll probably achieve at least half of that for each of those things if you continuously do it every single day. And by the time you start your exactly. career, you've already mastered many things because you continuously did stuff every single day. And it's now just a habit instead of becoming something you have to force yourself to do. You have to make yes. School is the only is one of the last processes left known to man that I can think of right now. <clears throat> that there's no shortcuts. Mm -hmm. There's just not. You can go to your phone right now and you can figure out how to, how to do this and how to do that. No problem. College is the only, and school in general, is the only thing that you can't take shortcuts from. You have to do it the old school way. You gotta sit down, you gotta create some habits, you gotta make some mistakes, you gotta learn from those mistakes and pull all that together to you know, the, the ultimate package that you're looking for. As much as I hate how the school system is set up, like the high school system and how like, but you have to respect it in terms of the fact that it does teach you those life lessons. It does teach you those crucial lessons that you've always needed for in your life to become more mature. So, you know, it's, you got to give school some credit. Um, I want to thank you so much, Mr. Ryder. It was an amazing opportunity to talk to you. Um, thank you very much. Thanks for I will, me. I will have your book in the comments for people that are interested in buying it. I will have Perfect. your website link so people can visit your amazing story great, and great coaching. And so I want to thank you. It was an amazing opportunity to have a conversation with you. Great. I appreciate it. Uh, for those who are buying the book, it is at uh, reginaldrider.com. Uh, just, uh, follow the prompts and you can, uh, and, uh, put in your order. Uh, if you put in your order, uh, if you want me to sign it and say something specific or special to you or to uh, someone else, uh, maybe you have a high school student or a college student who's getting ready to graduate and move on into next phase or next part of life, uh, I'd be happy to do so. But um, definitely check me out at my website, reginaldrider.com. Name of the book again is uh, Passion the Baton. And uh, Hassan, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. No, thank it. you so much. I uh, hope you have a good day. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Stability Podcast, hosted by Hassan Ashraf. All brand new episodes of Stability Podcast are posted on Mondays at 6 p.m. For more news on Stability Podcast, please follow our Instagram at Stability Podcast, our Twitter at Stability underscore pod, and our YouTube channel, which you should subscribe to at Stability Podcast.